We're in the Church of the Holy Rosary in Castlebar, and my name is Father Colin Kilcoyne. I'm from town here. I retired nearly two years ago after 50 years as a priest in the diocese. Well, my parents, would you believe it, moved around nine times before I was ordained at 25 because there was no such thing as mortgages, either stressed or distressed or anything else that time. Uh, they moved up the scale when they had the money to pay the rent and down the scale when they hadn't the money to pay the rent. We began in a place called Rock Square and uh, across the street from it was the Mall. The Mall was a big open green area and my main memory is that we played cricket there. There was a very strong garrison tradition in Castlebar. We played soccer rather than Gaelic. I'll never forget the first time that my name appeared on the Connacht Telegraph for playing soccer and getting a goal or something like that. And a well-known GA person here said, I see you're playing Pell Luther. Wasn't a fantastic phrase? Pell Luther is Luther's football. You know, I, it, it was brilliant. Well, what we're looking at here, we're at the top of the church and behind the altar and behind that rear us at the back there. Actually, it was an uncle of Porrick Pierce that made that. And again, growing up, we treated it with great awe. Porrick Pierce's uncle made that. But way above it and dominating the whole thing and kind of taking control of your eyes was this window with the uh, five long fingers. I used to come in here as a child and it took me a long time to realise that there were all incidents in the life of Jesus and it took me even longer to realise that there were the 15 decades of the rosary. From the bottom left-hand corner, you've got the Annunciation there and over to uh, Finding Jesus in the Temple. And then up through the middle, you've got the key moments in his life. You've got the Nativity scene here. You've got the Crucifixion. If you move around nine times in 25 years, you're not very long in any one place. But the one place that I was fairly constantly in was the school over here, the national school, and the secondary school beside it. And that time, not now, but that time, it was totally natural for every young boy leaving the national school at lunchtime and in the evening to come in here. So we used to come in here, and what fascinated me about this was the size of the window there, the absolute size of it. We had the De La Salle brothers, and what I remember them especially for was they taught us in pictures. There was a few of them fabulous drawers with chalk, coloured chalk. Now, there was no such thing as whiteboards or any of that kind of stuff at the time. But I remember, I remember they, they seemed to spend a lot of their time drawing and painting pictures or telling stories. So it was very natural to come over here and look up at this huge window and read it as a picture board, read the stories that were on it. And it came then, leaving Sir Jerry, what are you going to do with your life? And I really had, this sounds terribly pious, but it is true, I got fascinated with this strange man, Jesus, and the way he took people, the way he dealt with people. Now, my father at the same time was an attendant in the mental hospital up here. Now they'd be called male nurses, they were attendants. And I used to go up there a lot to him and... Uh, got to know the patients and what impressed me was the way he treated the patients and the way the rest of the attendants treated the patients. That time we had a bog, everybody in town here had a bog. They rented a bog. We had a place in a place called Durnadiva and 
people like my father and people like him could bring out two or three men to help in the bog on a day. But I remember more than anything else was the first day that I saw three of them come into our house and my mother had a breakfast ready for them. She had a big fry ready for them and everything was grand. I saw tablecloths I didn't know we had, you know, and made on a massive breakfast. And one of them stood up afterwards, I just want to say this, and he had to stop crying. He said, it's the first time I've been in a home for ages, and I'm so happy. Just that he was in a house, in a house, and he'd been received with courtesy. Do you know what a lot of them were, I discovered afterwards? A lot of them were people who lived on their own in lonely places. And just that left its impact on them. So I suppose I was shaping towards what we'd call nowadays the caring professions. That's the bottom row are the kind of the nice happy incidents, okay? The second were the sorrowful ones. On the left-hand side, you can see the Garden of Gethsemane, the three fellows asleep, but instead of looking after him, you can see when he was being whipped and scourged at the pillar. And just skip over there, the crown of thorns, and down here, carrying the cross, and then the So I came over here and I was wondering what that window was saying to me. Now that's, whether that's superstition or not. And what it did say was the key things in the life of Jesus were about choices. People who made good choices in connection with him. For instance, if you take the middle one there now, you have the nativity. I didn't quite see the nativity. I saw the innkeeper who made a good choice to open his stable for them where others hadn't. Others had made bad choices, he had made a good choice, and he's part of history now. If you take over in the garden there on the side, the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus was, only three of the books turned up to be with them at the end. That's, they made that choice, the other fellows skipped it, they ran. So the idea of choice became fairly predominant, and also what I saw, that the people who made these good choices turned out to be very happy people, that if they made good choices for Jesus, now, at 17, there were other things on my mind other than making good choices for Jesus. But anyway, I said I'd try it, and I went off. And Maynooth, when I went there, there were well over 500 students in it, which was too much, too much for any staff, and there's no blame to the staff. Our class began with, I think, 112, 57 were ordained, so half, half left, you know. I remember one fella, he took out a page at night, and he put a line down the middle of it, and I won't give you his name, and he said, Reverend Father X, CC, and a place now that was a fierce backward. Then after that, and he gave the years, then he gave CC and another place that was even more backward, and then PP, another place that was even more and more backward, and down at the bottom, died in whatever year, RIP. And then the far side of the page, he put Mr. and Mrs. X, uh, living in such a very fancy place, for beautiful children, managing director of, I don't know, what was the big firm at that time, and there was no date of death. And he looked at the two pages, and he said, the right-hand side is much more attractive. Now, that was a very facetious way of looking at it, but that was, that's the choice, you were, you were always faced with choices. So you couldn't wait to come home on the holidays. 
and get immersed in your family again. And then I used to come over here and I used to say, which of those panels there is what I'm at right now, you know? And I used to find, okay, an answer in it, and that's where I come back to the business of that the people who came out well out of the little panel and the story behind the panel were people who made, made choices and then kept their commitment to that choice. and then in the middle the crucifixion and then the other ones are the glorious ones and it really is scenes from the life of Jesus Christ or people who are closely associated with his life during his time Well a lot of people are exercising their choice and they're walking probably there are more people doing yoga here in town than attend all the weekday masses that are here, you know? Uh, People are searching, people are looking for a meaning, and we just don't seem to have the language or the simplicity or the centrality of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. I've often felt that if 20 good Pentecostal preachers came to this diocese, now not the guys that you see on the TV channels roaring and shouting, looking for money, you know? Not those, but people who really know their Gospels, if they came to this diocese or any diocese and set up shop, there's an old building on the mall up there. I reckon that inside six months, they would have a sizable percentage of the people of this town and of any town of the diocese going to them. I really do. I really do. I'd, I'd put on a census form and be Catholic. Of course I would. But you'd have serious reservations about a lot of things. A lot of things. Medjugorje. That'll annoy a lot of people. Um, an awful lot of things, an awful lot of things. Knock. Knock is getting near home now, so it is. <laughs> and a few times I've come back here, like in every life, you have a reason, you wonder, have you made a right choice, or are you stupid? I remember coming here a few times and finding the crisis I was in up on that window somewhere and trying to find out how did that person go? How did Jesus go there? What choice was made there? And will I make that choice now? Any sense in that? 